All of the team, the team for this retreat is actually, just to give you a reminder, it's practical causality. Seeing causes and condition intimately. So why did we choose this team on the, on the retreat? First of all, just we can also remind, you know, for those who don't know, the story of Sariputta, one of the disciples of the Buddha. So when they were young, he was with his friend and then he was looking for the truth. He was looking for the way to get liberated and to get more understanding of life. So as a young person, he had gone through all India and then he was looking for something. He was looking for a teacher or a specific message. And after many years of searching, he came to an ascetic. So he saw a monk, and the monk was so serene and then so peaceful that he followed him. And then, coming close to him, he asked him, Please, you look very serene. You look very happy and liberated. So can you tell me who is your teacher? And Asaji, his name was Asaji, told that his teacher was actually the Buddha. And then Sariputta asked him if he could give a summary or if he could give some kind of teachings explaining what was the main exposition, what was the main teachings of the Buddha. And because the time was very brief, the Asaji told the Buddha, told the Sariputta that I will just give the, the stanza in Pali and then I will give the translation. Yidamma itupabbavo te tung tatagato ha ha te sangche yo nirodo evang vadit mahasamano. So what is the meaning here is that Yidamma itupabbavo Whichever phenomena are arising, teetong tatagato ha ha. This the tagat the tagat the the tagata is giving the reasons, is giving the roots, is giving the causes. Te sanche yonirodo, and also he is giving the way, he is giving the explanations of how these causes are ending. So, Evangvadi Mahasamano. And this is the teaching of the great sage. So, after many years of searching, many years of uh, meeting teachers, Sadhibhuta had not yet come to truth. He had not yet come to enlightenment. But just by hearing these few stanzas, he got enlightened on the spot. So, of course, if we were like this, then we would not need to talk anymore. But what it points out is that uh, we are looking for truth. We are looking for something meaningful. We are looking for something that we can use to improve our life, improve our understanding, improve our practice. So we cannot put aside understanding of why things are happening. We cannot put aside what is happening. And also we cannot put aside how we can put the things together so that there is more improvement. So understanding causes and conditions will be seen in any kind of intelligent system. If we look at medicine, the same principles apply. You have the problems, and then phenomena are examined, examined, and then 
causes are given and then the treatment is also given. In science, we have the same thing. In computer science, every kind of science have these types of principles. First, there is an observation of phenomena so we can see very clearly what we are looking at. By seeing very clearly what we are looking at, some kind of understanding is coming. And the understanding, first of all, applies as to see what are the causes and the conditions, what helps, what is supporting these phenomena to arise, what are supporting, what is supporting these phenomena to continue or to change or to alternate and to disappear. And also, the system also, the structure, will have to give us or have a type of aim. So what is the purpose of science? What is the purpose of medicine? What is the purpose of art, music? Every type of systems on which a structure has been established, has been constructed, is also coming together with a goal, with an aim. So, In the Buddhist system, now this is what we are going to look at, oh, we have many types of explanations, we have many types of approaches also, many types of methods and of techniques. But as a whole, I will suggest that we are using one text from the Anguttara. And then if you don't know it, then we have the sheets here just for you to have a look at. And of course now we are not going into a study type of a seminar. It has to be very practical. So the text that we are going to hand out to you is just for you to have a reminder of what you are doing and actually what is the purpose of your practice. Before you all have the text, I would like also to say that uh, this text, uh, this uh, uh, kind of uh, principles that you have gradually presented here are explained in relation to what is the purpose. So the title is which purpose? What is the purpose actually of the practice? And then these ideas are given uh, gradually so that we see what is the purpose of this and what this is leading to? In another text, just following this very text in the Anguttara, we also see the same principles, but they are seen as a explanation of a natural law. So the same principles are given, but with uh, the idea that uh, they are natural. So when there is this, you have no choice. There is no alternative that this is also coming together with it. Uh, so the title of that second sutta, so uh, sometimes if you like to look at it, is about volition. So the Pali is achitana. That means you don't need a volition in order for the things to arise. So things are arising because of conditions. So, for example, if we give water to a plant, So let's say you plant a, a seed of cucumber, 
Oh, and uh, the earth is good, and then you water it properly, and then there is the sun, and everything is taken care of properly. So do we need to go every day to the cucumber seed and then say, may you grow into a, a, a germ, and then may you grow into flowers, and then to produce cucumber? No, we don't need to do that. These are just natural laws. So. Uh, the same thing with this type of things. It is a description of natural laws. So here we have the positive side of a kind of a dependent origination. So when there is this, this is also arising. So when there is virtuous behavior, then there is non-regret. When there is non-regret also, there is joy and then rapture and then tranquility, pleasure and concentration, things like this. But also, regarding the negative, we can also see the opposite. That means that when there is no uh, virtuous behavior, then also the, we have uh, agitation, and then also we have regret and remorse and things like this. And very often joy, at the end, will be lacking a lot, and the rapture will not become uh, present, and tranquility also it is not going to arise. So we are going to use this just, uh, just for reference, just to have a look at it from time to time and also uh, to situate where actually we are. So just also to give us a clue about uh, our explanations about wholesome, virtuous behavior, kusalani, silani, just the first one here. So this morning we have taken the precepts. So it's, uh, these are kind of uh, rules or guidance that uh, will ask us to put some kind of endeavor, a kind of effort to see that, oh no, we, we shall try not to break the precepts. So in relation to ethics, that means in, in our life, if we adopt a very positive precepts like this, you know, we are making ourselves uh, rules or kind of guidelines. Okay, now I, I will not do this. I will try to avoid this bad behavior that have no uh, positive results or effect on myself and other people. So this type of ethic is, a, is, a, is an ethic related to rules. So we have the rules, we have the laws. Huh? So we have the laws, like in the society, you have like the, the law of driving if you, so we have a kind of laws that are the rules. So we should not break the law. So this type of sila, like the five precepts, the eight precepts, and monks and monastics, nuns, have a lot of precepts just to give a frame in which they can function in order to have proper behavior, but also in order to have a peace of mind and also to create harmony where they are living in their environment. So this is the first aspect of fitic, huh? concern rules. But another aspect of fitic that we also see, and also we see that analyzed in Buddhism, is the aspect of intention. So what is our intention when we are doing things? The quality of, of our intention is going to influence a lot. The outcome that is, going to, uh, that, that is going to be brought with our physical actions, verbal actions, and also mental actions. So what is our intention? Like we have seen also, like on the, on the sheet, that on the, uh, 
you know, the, on the introduction on the team, we are going to practice, so, you know, just uh, introduce a little bit, explain about the practice of metta, oh, the, the practice of the four Brahmavihara. So this is actually connected with the intention. So the intention of non-arming, ahimsa, abhyapaja. So this is a type of uh, intention that actually seen in the negative, it's the absence of hatred, the absence of uh, uh, anger. But in the positive, it's the quality of metta, the quality of benevolence, loving kindness, and also it is the quality of compassion. So these intentions of compassion and loving kindness, if we nurture them in our heart, then all our behavior is going to be quite good. So second aspect of ethics, uh, the second aspect of ethics is uh, the intention. And then the third aspect of ethics also is related to Chaitasika in Pali, and this means like the mental factors. That means what is the color of our mind when we are doing something? So life is actions. Life is action. All the time there is movement. Even when we are sitting here, there is movement in the mind. There are also slight movement also in the body. So life is not separated from movement. It's always changing. Movement also is related, can be related to physics. Movements also can be related if we are an artist. It can be related to colors. And then colors also, if we apply the colors of the seasons, we can also apply the seasons of the mind. We can also apply the colors of our mind. So psychology also sometimes uses the colors to describe the states of our, of our mind. So what will be the colors of our mind by way of roots? Huh? So basically, we have six types of fruits, like a tree. We have, a, we, we have the tree and then we have the roots. Huh? So the mind also is like a tree. It's a living plant. Huh? We are a kind of living organism. So what are the qualities of our mind? What are the colors of our mind all the time? throughout the seasons of our actions. So we have the, the, the six roots divided in two, huh? and then the positive and then the negative. So the positive is uh, non-greed, non-hatred, and non-delusion. Aloba, adosa, amoa. Or generosity, metta, and clarity of mind, wisdom. The opposite will be Greed, hatred, or delusion. It is very simple. So when we are very angry and always uh, often just uh, feeding that type of uh, emotions, then the roots of anger is going to spoil all our actions. So the root of the mind, the colors of the mind, by way of the three positive or the three negative, is something that should be part of our observation. This is not a rule. This is not a dogma. This is our experience. So from our experience, what is the color of our mind? What are the energies of our mind? What is the season? What is the temperature of the mind? Is it full of greed or free of greed? Full of hatred or free of hatred? Clear or deluded? Now, now, all the time in our practice, how do we feel about the mind? What is that? And is there also a possibility to, to straighten up a little bit and then go in a way that will be more productive? That means of... of getting more clarity, more understanding, more wisdom, a better life, a better mind. So the whole idea beyond ethics is not only rules. It's a question of what ethics is bringing by way of quality to our life, to our mind, to all our environment and our relation. This is ethic. So, the first principle that we see here is very vast. And then just this first sentence can look a little bit 
limited, but actually it's speaking about a lot of our practice. All our practice, all our life is based on that. So sila is susila, that means the good behavior. Also it can be dusila, that means if we don't go in a, in a proper and healthy direction, then this is dusila, it's a bad type of uh, ethic. And we can also describe ethics by way of uh, health or sickness. The way we are living, is it healthy physically and also mentally? Or the way we are living, is it conducing to sickness and mental uh, suffering? So we have to see that. And then, uh, you know, not stop just by these uh, uh, kind of... Uh, cold or just these words about, uh, about morality. So now we, have, we are seeing a little bit about you know, a general structure of, uh, of the practice. Where, uh, where is this practice leading to? So if you read the text, eventually you will see that we are coming to we are aiming at clarity of mind, and also we are aiming to understand more about everything, and then eventually to get more free, to get a little bit liberated, to, be, to become lighter and clearer. This is the purpose that we see on that sheet. So little by little, uh, as we go in, into our retreat, we will uh, deepen uh, other aspects of causality, causality. Now we just have a general structure on, in which, you know, Gradually, we'll go deeper and deeper, and then to see more subtle aspects of uh, these types of uh, relationship. Did you give the other one? Did you give the, did you give the other one? Did you bring the other one? Well, I want the two. So today is a little bit technical, and then now we are in a mood of uh, meditation, a mood of calm, so we have to wait a little bit that uh, my friend brings the other sheet. Because here we have the principle that, uh, that, that, that describe the whole practice, and then the other sheet is going to give us a little of uh, you know, ideas or some suggestions about how to do that. How to do, how to put that into practice. So practice is not only when we are sitting in meditation. Practice is everywhere. Every conscious moment from the time we awake in the morning, the practice is there. So conscious, consciousness, to be conscious has to be as much as possible, a consciousness that is healthy, a consciousness that is clear, and also understanding. So you don't need to expect that as soon as you wake up in the morning. So sometimes in the morning you may wake up and uh, you may not be that clear. It doesn't matter. As long as you are conscious, then there is the possibility to uh, find uh, something to adapt, adapt to it. So the sheet that you are going to have in a few seconds relates to the development of mindfulness. So we speak a lot about sati. Sati also is uh, something that uh, we are practicing. So how do we describe sati? How do we describe mindfulness. So mindfulness is coming together with the quality of consciousness. So it refers to a quality also of presence. So when you are very present in a situation, that quality actually is mindfulness. A deeper aspect of mindfulness also will be connected with wisdom. So mindfulness is also related to remembering. 
because the present moment actually doesn't exist. We are always aware or mindful of the preceding moment. Just very fast, as soon as we are aware, that moment is gone. So we have to see that when the Buddha is talking about the present, the word pachupanna has been used. That means we are aware of something that has that is conditionally condition arise that has arisen depending on a condition. An English word for that is the historic present. So we are aware, but the awareness is in context. So I am sorry for the delay, but uh, here the, the sheet is going to present three types of mindfulness, three modes of mindfulness. The first mode is the mode we call it, like the name we gave is peripheral. The second type of mindfulness that we described here is specific mindfulness. The third type of mindfulness is a type of mindfulness related to insight. So how do we describe the first type of mindfulness? Here we say that it is observing the impact of sense objects on the mind while controlling sense faculties. So actually it relates to uh, controlling the sense faculty or guarding the sense door in Pali, Indriya, Sanghwara. And the second aspect also of the peripheral mindfulness is comprehending bodily movements while applying a general attention. So mindfulness is not always something very specific. Mindfulness also doesn't have always the depth of insight, the depth of vipassana. Mindfulness has to be very general at the beginning. So what we refer as a general type of mindfulness is a type of mindfulness that will be aware of our experience. And our experience is nothing more than the five senses plus the mind. So the mind also is a, is, a, is a sense. So in relation to these six, six senses, what is the impact? How the impact of the senses are influencing my mind? So first of all, we have to be very mindful where we are. And also, we have to be generally knowing what is happening in regard to these senses and also how we, are how we are reacting to the impact of the senses. And by that clarity of observation, by that clarity of presence, then our duty or just our main task will be to try to stop uh, negativities or the bad influences to pollute or to uh, corrupt uh, the good qualities of the mind. And the way that it is also described, you know, uh, not allowing the bad influence to come in your mind is by way of, of the roots. That, that means it is by way of greed, hatred, or delusion. So we have to protect ourselves against the uh, Invasion of greed, hatred, and delusion. So, for example, if we look at something, or for example, if we are listening, or sometimes we don't have to, we don't have the choice to listen. But uh, if there is a noise, uh, 
or a sight, we are, we are looking at something. Or sometimes there is the touch, the temperature. Sometimes also there is a smell. So depending on the quality of the sense impact, there will be a kind of reaction. Oh, I like it, I don't like it, but also a, a, a reaction that will uh, trigger the aspect of greed or hatred or delusion or an aspect of non-greed, non-hatred and non-delusion. So the simple thing we have to do, we have to be very much aware what is happening all the time since we wake up in the morning and see what is the quality of, um, of my mind, but also how much I allow these good or bad qualities to, to, to take root inside of the mind. So we cannot, we, we cannot control the sense, the, the sense objects. We cannot control the places sometimes where we are. Also, if somebody is, like this afternoon, if somebody starts to, uh, you know, long the, the, so, and then we find it very disturbing or because we are very quiet. So then the sound may not be pleasant. The sound may be disturbing. So we can be aware of the sound, but we don't need to generate hatred and, uh, and uh, anger towards a type of thing. So sometimes we are in contact with people where, that we don't like so much, or sometimes we are in contact with people that we really like, and then to, we really like it to the extent that the greed and then excitement and passion is going to arise there. Nothing is wrong. This is a natural thing. So our job is just to observe. So the quality of that presence will allow us to see the, 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 the type of color that the, the mind has the possibility to get. Hmm? So from that, then we see, no, this one, I don't want it. So it's possible for us just to protect. So this first type of uh, uh, mindfulness has actually, act, has actually the quality of protection. So we get protected. We, we see that we are able to protect ourselves to protect our minds so that the mind doesn't go in balance into greed, hatred, or delusion. Or, and then also, uh, you know, by way of uh, development, but this one concerns uh, mostly the aspect of protection. Another way, another explanation also of uh, uh, coming under that title of uh, peripheral relates to, to what we are doing. So, what we are doing, that means uh, our physical activities, verbal activities, and also the mental activities at some point. We have, we have to be very much aware of that and also to know what we are doing. Like if we are cleaning something, okay, now I am cleaning something, right? Or, or I am walking or I am sitting. So we know what we are doing, you know, physically, also eventually what we are doing mentally. And then also we figure out what is the purpose? What is the reason? And also, we have to uh, figure out also if it is suitable or not suitable. So there is a kind of wisdom that is coming together with all type of actions that we are performing in the day. But these two things, that means governing the sense faculties and also comprehending the bodily movement, uh, and just with the general mindfulness, is something that is relatively easy, and also this is something that is relatively, uh, it's it relax. it can be a little bit relaxing. It's not like uh, focusing all the time on a meditation subject and then getting very tight sometimes, you know, just by having the pressure to, to keep the concentration when we are tired, when sometimes we have, uh, uh, we are not comfortable because of the weather or something like this. So, in this instance, we have, we have to know that, okay, now we don't need to all the time, you know, strive and strive. There is also the possibility to back up and uh, just to see that actually we don't get on balance in a negative way. So also in the description, after the description here, then the result also is going to be uh, explained. And here we say that the, the result of the peripheral mode of mindfulness is just by maintaining and protecting the virtue, sila, leading to clear conscience, conscious, conscience and inner joy.
So if we are doing things correctly, and if we are able to you know, protect ourselves somehow, then the result is going to be uh, inner joy. And this, this is also what we see in the, in the first text, that uh, the aspect of uh, the, the, the benefit of wholesome virtuous behavior is joy, uh, and then uh, rapture, etc. So that's all here, the result. So in, re, in, in, in regard to cause and condition, here we see the cause, and then we see the result. So depending on this, that arises. So in the second mode that uh, we see just down there is called specific. These are names that we decided to put on on these uh, type of uh, mindfulness. You can change them, hmm? but also we can see that uh, the, f the first one could relate to aspects of sila. The second one could relate, the specific one, could relate to aspects of samadhi. And then the third one, insight, could relate to panya or vipassana. So we have sila, samadhi, and panya. So in, re in relation to the specific that could uh, go with uh, samadhi is that uh, the mind is applied and we, there is applying and maintaining attention on a single object among several meditation subjects. So all the meditation subjects that we know, then it's very specific. So it can be an object, like it can be a, a specific meditation object. Sometimes also it can be a reflection, a way of thinking, and then figuring things out. These are very specific orientation of the mind that we give energy to, and then also that we direct our mind towards. And then the result of that is reinforcing and stabilizing the mind, leading to mental clarity. So the purpose actually of samadhi, the purpose of all these meditation subjects related to samatha is to have a clear mind. So samadhi can bring a lot of joy, a lot of concentration, rapture, and sometimes aspects of trances, of trance. This is possible. It is so bliss that you, you, you want to be in that forever. But the purpose of samadhi in Buddhism is to have the clarity of mind. That means the samadhi is just a tool to help us understand phenomena. So the third one, we call it insight. And here we have the high level of mindfulness that delves into mind and matter with the explorative character of vipassana. So most of you, or I think, have the experience of vipassana to some extent. So you know that the vipassana actually results in understanding reality profoundly, leading to a liberation from suffering. So why these modes were given, you know, were suggested is actually, as uh, we mentioned this morning, that uh, meditation is not separated from life. Hmm? Meditation also is all inclusive. So uh, we have to include other people. We have to include situation in our, in our life. We have also to include all our uh, psychological stuff and all our difficulties, all our uh, strength and everything. Everything in life, limited and also unlimited, everything you want to include you know, in your cosmos, this is your meditation. But sometimes, because of the intensity of this material, we need a type, we need some ways to adapt. Huh? We need so, some ways to, to approach also, the way we are going to approach this phenomena, this world that is inside, that is outside, the way we are going to approach this thing has to be uh, studied. We have to understand how to approach the thing. So, first uh, rule, you know, is that uh, to have a clear understanding, we need balance. So, our observation needs, first of all, to be balanced. So, the approach also relates to the distance that we will have towards what we are looking. 
So first we need a very broad spectrum. This we see it in the peripheral aspect, mode of mindfulness. So it's very, it's very peripheral, peripheral and also it is very general. But we are able to maintain, we are able to maintain a very balanced life, a very balanced mind. Then when everything is balanced, we can approach what we are observing a little bit closer. So with the specific mode of mindfulness, then we are closer to the, to the object and then also uh, we have the possibility to look at the object so much, you know, so close that there is an absorption. So absorption, jhana, is also included in the second mode of mindfulness. Regarding to the third mode of mindfulness, then the observation is going to be close enough so that uh, we can see all the phenomena in their details, but the mind is not going to get absorbed in it because we are analyzing. So the third type of mindfulness is a type of uh, observation that a little bit is going to be a little bit analytical. So vipassana is a, is a little bit analytical. So although it will be very close to phenomena, uh, still the uh, absorption is not going to be so that deep. You know, it will be deep, but not to the point of uh, of uh, full absorption, because precisely because it wants to understand. So eventually we are going to see that uh, these modes also they refer they refer to they refer to uh, you know what they call uh, the regarding reality it's uh, like conventional reality or uh, conceptual reality uh, compared to ultimate reality uh, so there is a different level of perception that we are uh, going to see the shift. The shift is going to happen also in our meditation. So a shift from concept to a shift to, of uh, phenomena as they are moving uh, or they are uh, processing. So the word that can be used for that, like to describe the two uh, levels of reality, will be like content. So we are just with the content, we are just with, we, 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 with the object, uh, and the other type of level will be a process. So we are just seeing the things just in the process, in a constant flux. So this type of seeing, seeing is as a process, it relates to, it relates to inside meditation. So now we have seen uh, the Buddhist system, a kind of a structure that is explaining a little bit uh, the practice, what it is and where it is leading to. And I try to convey uh, uh, you know, different explanation of how we can do it with the mod modes of mindfulness. And uh, now we, all the time we have to see that these things actually are not outside there. It's not something, now I am here and then I have to go there. Or now I am taking the refuge in the Buddha and then the Buddha is outside and now I am here. Something like this. Huh? So the evolution, it's not an evolution in space, but an evolution by way that we are going to understand time. The way that we are going to understand and deal with the present moment. So we are talking here about the depth of the present. So everything is happening now. So now I can function on the general mode, you know, or now my mind also and my body can function in a very specific mode of mindfulness. And now also the depth of my practice gives me a different perspective brings me to a, di a different dimension of how I can see reality. So all of that is nothing but now. So 
whatever is happening, if we are conscious of it, this is fine. If we are conscious of it, then we can be clear about it and also we can know what we can do about the situation. That's the whole thing. Wherever we are, however we are, the practice is there. But also, yes, so also we can see about the, the, what are the results we are expecting. So just to be simple, now some of you have been practicing for some time, so you already you have a type of depth that is, uh, that is uh, joined with your meditation. Also, you can be, you know, you, you can be already quite warmed up in your practice, but those who just arrive maybe need to adopt or adapt a little bit to, to the conditions. And so the only thing you are asked is to be happy, is to be peaceful. So as much as possible, Whatever means you are doing it, try to be peaceful and happy with yourself. Whether you get deep state of samadhi or deep insight of vipassana, it doesn't matter. Be happy. Be, be, feel, feel good about it. Now it's so good, you know, that you are allowing yourself, you are able to give yourself this time and opportunity in your life just to be quiet by yourself and trying to understand and get new ideas about how you can change and improve your life. So this perspective that, you, that we all have in our practice starts by a little bit of joy. If you are not happy and not joyful, it doesn't matter. There is space, there is time. So time makes everything settling down. So we, have, we are in a space where we accept, we are also in a space where we are open and then there is no fear, we feel security and also the lightness that is brought together with that is a lightness that brings joy. So even in suffering, in difficulties, which we all experience from time to time, even in these challenges of life, there can be an happiness. So in our practice, whatever uh, we encounter, we can have that lightness about it, that type of happiness. So thank you very much, and uh, I think it was, I don't know if it was clear, but I tried to be as clear as possible. Maybe you have some uh, comments, would you? Uh, yes, please. Thank you, Bonte. So um, what we've decided is after talks, we'll invite the other person to, to uh, share some thoughts, so I'll uh, share a few thoughts. Um, really appreciated your teaching, Bonte, and I feel that in some ways the teaching kind of laid out a lot. It was so full that we can spend the rest of the month kind of unpacking and practicing what was just said and shared, and in fact, as I was sitting here listening, thinking, okay, I'll be unpacking some of this on my talk on Wednesday because there's a lot there. And and if you find yourself right now, oh my goodness, what do I do? Wait, do do I do I um, do uh, cultivate wholesome virtuous behaviors for the next few days, or or do I uh, do I uh, cultivate uh, specific, or try to figure out the difference between specific or peripheral mindfulness? Or it, it can be a little overwhelming. And I so appreciated the. Um, instruction at the end that all we do right now is just to be happy, is just to settle in for these few days. All of the, these practices will be unpacked in due time. They will all be unpacked with an easeful, simple flow. Um, and really there is not so much doing in everything that was laid out, but being but being, paying attention in a particular way, paying attention. And it all starts with, with just settling in. And whatever your way is of settling in, whether it's mindfulness of the body, which we highly, highly recommend. It's a wonderful way to, to settle with mindfulness of the body and, and the breath. Or whether it's with metta, to just really settle, or maybe it's a combination of both, practically speaking, to settle. Um, and 
and the teachings, which really, I think, what Bhante, in a way I was categorizing it in my mind, is why of practice, what of practice, and how of practice. And the what, and the, the, the why, is why are we here? Why the heck are we here? There's so many things we could all be doing on this nice warm July day in this month. Why being here? Why, why do this? Why? Why? Why are we here? Why are you here? So it comes to that intention. And I think the why really is, is the, the sutta. What purpose? What purpose is to wake up, is to have ease, freedom, in this very life, right here. This is the why. And, and it, one thing leads to another. It's not so much a, um, a warrior, okay, let's do this. It's more, oh, you put these things in place. You put virtuous behavior in place. Oh, how do you do that? Oh, by paying attention, by cultivating metta for yourself and others, by collecting the mind, by being settled, by being happy, by paying attention to, oh, let me be very specific, say you go to the, the dinner line, and like, oh, I want to take a lot of this. Oh, what's coming up? Oh, look at that, I think that's greed. Oh, you shouldn't do that. Oh, look, that's hatred. I'm being judgmental of myself. You, know, you can just kind of very gently see these various roots coming up. So there's a lot to unpack, but for now, I echo Bhante, just be happy, just be happy. And we really mean it. Just settle in, find joy, ease, peace, stability in your body, in nature, in just the stillness of this beautiful space where for, for 14 years, dedicated practitioners of yourself have been sitting and walking. Just, just cultivate that joy. It is part of this pamoja. Thank you. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.